Welcome to this EJHP podcast coming from Paris, the EJHP Congress. I'm Vian Fenton May, one of the editors of the European Journal of Hospital Pharmacy. Dr. Fiona Reynolds, thank you very much for your, what I would only describe as a most passionate plea for multidisciplinary working. Could you just explain how you introduce such a system into a hospital where perhaps there's a hierarchy that doesn't necessarily believe in it? I think that you need a, a core group who believe that multidisciplinary team working is the way forward. And you will always have sceptics. You have to win over those sceptics. But you do need a core group of opinion makers. They don't need to be the bosses. Um, a core group of opinion makers who can work together to produce results, small wins to begin with, gradually increasing influence until you truly have a proper multidisciplinary team making multidisciplinary team decisions. And in my world, in paediatric intensive care, it's technically demanding. Our patients range from 700 grams to 70 kilos. If we didn't have a multidisciplinary team, there would be errors transmitted to the patient because no one individual can know everything. And with the whole team, you improve the sum total of knowledge and the sum total of skill. And what tools would you use to try and get that team to work together and understand their, their positions? The multidisciplinary team can grow when it proves that it's got some wins. So the multidisciplinary team, the way it exists in the UK, it's teamwork that really can deliver something that we couldn't deliver on our own. And taking it away from the patient to begin with, perhaps working on guidelines together or looking at drug errors together, it will bring people from different disciplines together so each sees the value of the other. And we really started like that. This has happened in, in my lifetime, in my career as a consultant. We started looking at our drug errors and our guidelines and built on that to take it from the classroom and, and from the theory in the paper to actually the bedside of the patient. And by producing guidelines and working out systems to improve safety, you can win over the sceptics, perhaps the, the people that are in more senior positions. I think people in more senior positions can either give permission for the multidisciplinary team to grow and flourish, or they can damage it. But I think when uh, people in um, promoted positions can see the value of the multidisciplinary team working, they, they would be in a position to actually allow it to flourish. In order to um, have these error reportings, you have to move into really an, a culture of no blame in it, or you don't get the reporting to its true extent. Do you agree with that? And, how, and what is the outcome of more reporting? I... I firmly believe there should not be blame attached to the individual. I do believe that there is a system of fair accountability, but the vast majority of errors are not because of a deliberate act by one individual knowingly doing something wrong. The vast majority of errors are system errors, and there might be one person at the end of that system who feels they are to blame, but in truth, it's the system that is the problem. And if you go on a witch hunt trying to blame the individual, what you will do is create a toxic culture 
so that people will not report. And what you end up with is more harm in the long term than good. So it is really, really important. And places the world over, the, the, the hospitals worldwide who are known for their safety record actually have a high reporting culture with low incidents. And when incidents do happen, incidents are inevitable because we work in such a highly complex system. When incidents do happen, it's not the individual who's blamed, but the system is examined closely to look at how the system can be reinforced to make sure it doesn't happen again. So individual blame should not be apportioned. It should be the system that's examined. And in years gone by, we were guilty of witch hunts and looking for individuals to blame. We should stop that because it creates the wrong culture. To err is human. We yes. must recognise it. Absolutely. I, yes. I, I absolutely agree with that sentiment. Yes. How do you, in a multidisciplinary team, reconcile professional responsibilities? And I suppose at the end of the day, the buck has to stop somewhere. How does that work in your vision of multidisciplinary team working? The important thing is that you as a professional are responsible for the decisions you make. And you're accountable for the decisions you make. The team can sometimes debate a, a decision that could go one way or the other, and the team can come to a conclusion about a decision, whether to give a drug, whether to perform an operation, whether to intubate a patient. That is often a team decision, but there are individual decisions that you will be making based on guidelines that the team have drawn up you're accountable for those decisions. But so many decisions nowadays in medicine and uh, in, in healthcare are corporate decisions made by a team. And we have to recognise that because these decisions are becoming more and more complex that no one individual actually has all of the information to be capable of weighing up all of the pros and cons on their own. The healthcare delivery by the multidisciplinary team is becoming the norm because of the complexity of healthcare. It's the world we now live in. Yes, um, quite simply, no yeah. one individual is capable of making all of these decisions. Right. You need the team. Yes. The one question I have is that it's very difficult to see how you can rely on every individual professional that may come into your team. Everyone has a different experience, they have different backgrounds, they have different training. So your multidisciplinary team relies on your trust in that individual being on the top of their knowledge, but they're not all. Mm. How do you account for the, these differences of experience and, and training? I suppose to some extent I'm quite privileged in the team I work in that I do believe that I work with the, the, the best in their field. But I've seen people develop. The team allows people to develop. And if you do have a weak member of the team, that team member can gain confidence by being part of the team. And if that team member wasn't part of a team but left in a silo of individual working, there's a real danger that they're going to stay the same and not develop. So the multidisciplinary team is good for the patient, but it's also good for the members of the team that they improve their knowledge and are energised and are develop a passion for improvement that they may not develop if they remained on their own. So I do believe that multidisciplinary team working is good for the patient, but also team members as well. Right. It develops the individual. Absolutely, it And does. if it doesn't, they'll have to get out. If it doesn't, the team can sometimes find ways 
of developing them even if it's not happening happening spontaneously and if the team can't find a way of developing them sometimes they do need to get out but that's pretty rare well thank you very much dr reynolds i mean from your elevator position of Deputy Medical Director of a large children's hospital, I certainly feel that the children there are safe in your hands. Thank you very, Thank much. You very much for the Thank podcast. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.